Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages, welcome to a special in Black and White today on this fine Tuesday, the triumphant return of Donald J. Trump back to the swamp. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it was a hoot, and I will definitely get into the speech, which was nothing short of incredibly powerful today. But before we get into that, just to let you know that I am Jerry Brooks, your host, tour guide, and everything else, as well as the baby-faced assassin of freedom. Yes, my friends, it's going to be fun today. If you want to send us any kind of comments, questions, anything of the sort, just email us at inblackandright at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website. We've got some new things going on. We are now officially uh, into the home stretch of our countdown because next week starts the in black and white Lone Star tour as we are heading to Texas to the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex for CPAC Texas. It's gonna be off the chain, folks. There, uh, from what I understand, there are still tickets. For the event, it's going to be a real scream, especially with Steve Bannon and the War Room uh, going to be there for a couple of days. Uh, you can even just go to conservative.org. You can get tickets, and if you add a War Room uh, to your ticket purchase, you would get a special invitation to a meet and greet uh, with the War Room crew. And I'm looking forward to some of that. I would love to meet them. Uh, but yeah. It's uh, oh, I'm looking so forward to it. I mean, I'm having to do all these last-minute things, you know, I, my press credentials and packing my gear. What do I take? What don't I take? So on and so forth. But that's okay. That's life on the road, and I love it when I can do these special things. But today, my friends, Washington D.C., the swamp itself, is so seriously triggered. It's it, it, it actually is funny to see so many of the pathetic, petulant, and predictable children who were protesting President Trump as he came back to D.C. for the first time uh, since he left office at the America First Policy Institute's uh, Policy Summit. He gave his remarks today in just a... I, I don't know... Stemwinder is really the best word for it, but it was powerful, it was detailed, it was power-packed. It was one punch after another after another right in the heart of the swamp. And apparently the petulant leftist children, uh, who still didn't get their pony for their birthday, are were mad with their signs, with their little rainbow flags, and somebody had an F Trump flag. Uh, they were essentially nothing more acting like the children that they are, very immature and unable to grasp reality, and apparently the same thing happened on Twitter. The Twitter twits, and 
other various leftists just went uh, 50 shades of bonkers uh, now that Trump came back it's like how dare he come back it's like simple he pretty much came in gave a speech owned a lot of you people and he left boom there you go it was that simple he was talking about real kitchen table issues not this stuff that Nancy Pelosi calls kitchen table I mean I don't know if she's even seen a kitchen table uh, for a long time I mean with the servants the large home the dining room and all the other things that she's been dealing with and living in her luxurious messed up world and probably had a few too many cosmopolitans or, or or something of that nature because that girl is messed up I mean her idea of a kitchen table issue is gun control or a woman's right to kill a baby because I'm not gonna call it pro-choice and I won't even call it pro-abortion anymore it's pro-dead baby because that's what you get when you abort a child you get a dead baby and some people just can't handle that it's like well that's just me and it's wrong it's like well yes it's mean and it's wrong and the practice is straight up evil I've been that way for decades and it is my conviction and will be my conviction until the very day I leave this planet and go meet my maker so anyway but Trump was I watched the speech it was a blockbuster I mean talking about crime talking about parents rights talking about law and order wanting to support law enforcement and said this defund the police crap uh, that exists in a lot of these messed up democrat cities and I mean everything he's talking about inflation he's talking about national security and the border because it's not just a humanitarian issue which it is to a degree but hey Biden brought it on himself and with the help of some of the uh, these progressive Christian dingbats yeah we've got problems it's not just a humanitarian problem it is a national security issue it is a public safety issue because of a variety of things I mean fentanyl come on fentanyl that's crazy I mean did anybody hear the story about two drug smugglers in California Southern California who were caught with 150,000 fentanyl pills that is not an exaggeration a hundred and fifty thousand fentanyl pills some dingbat idiot judge uh, released these two dingbats on their own recognizance and when it came for their day in court whoops no show they disappeared like Harry Houdini I, I, I mentioned this story just the other day and I'm gonna mention it again because this is a very weird and extreme example of how stupid these people who are soft on crime bail reform anybody who's like that and that comes out of the Democrats mouth and their policies are putting people at risk in major league danger okay now of course we still have the Department of Injustice 
and Merrick Garland, the pointy-headed intellectual wuss, who still won't, uh, he still will not apply certain federal laws, like the laws to keep these protesters away from the Supreme Court justices who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, they're still going. I mean, they've got nothing else better to do. This is their raison d'etre, their reason for being, to just harass and don't you dare cross us. Don't you dare. We're going to come after you. And it's like, oh, this is just a peaceful protest. Peaceful protests, my butt. Karine Jean-Pierre and Jen Psaki, your boss, and coming out of your big mouths too, is essentially setting up people for real danger. You've got radical militant leftists who are putting out bounties. Hey, tell us where a Supreme Court justice is having dinner. We'll give you money. I mean, this is sick. I keep telling people. But sadly, my Christian brothers and sisters are still not understanding how dangerous these people truly are. How evil, how deranged they really are. They still don't get it. And they don't apparently want to get it. Oh, we just want to just preach the kingdom and be nice. I said, really? Well, let me give you a little bit of a history lesson. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard in, the enti in my entire life happens to come from the great Sir Winston Churchill. When he was dealing with his war cabinet during World War II and they were talking about possibly surrendering to the Nazis during the London Blitz, Churchill famously said, it was funny but it was true. You cannot reason with a tiger while your head is in its mouth. Brilliant, funny, classic Churchill. And yet, we think that somehow, oh well, we just need to, you know, we, we just need to pray for these people. It's like, no, you need to pray for them and smack them upside the head. Because these people of that type, I mean, my goodness, it's not just churches being vandalized. It's not just pro-life crisis pregnancy centers that are being damaged and firebombed. Anybody who's adopting a conservative philosophy against the, I guess what you would call the conventional wisdom, which is there's nothing conventional and there's nothing wise about leftism at all. I mean, even organizations like the Moms for Liberty, their founders have been getting death threats. Not just on them, but they're threatening their children. Now, you want to tell me how tolerant, how compassionate the left is when they're threatening to kill children, threatening the lives of Supreme Court justices? I call straight up bull. It's a crock of bull. Don't give me this nonsense. These are people that are dangerous. And they're trying to intimidate and scare and frighten people into silence. That is not going to happen, at least with me. You can give it your best shot. I've already survived a stroke. I've already survived a heart attack. If you, if you really think you can finish the job, give it a try. But don't be surprised 
if you're basically going to end up in an ER or if you really piss me off and you try to do something against my person or anybody I care about, you're going to end up in a morgue. Because I will not put up with your foolishness. I will not put up with your threats. I will not be intimidated. I will not be canceled. I will not be silenced. Period. I've been that way ever since I've been in media and even more so the last few years and now being in podcasting and doing other things. I'm not going to roll over and play dead for anybody. Sorry. Not sorry. You know, embrace the suck on that one. So, anyway, back to Trump's speech. I mean, he talked on a variety of domestic issues. Nothing on Russia, nothing about the Ukraine or the Middle East or any or Europe or anything like that. He was focused on things like public safety. I mean, give the cops a break. Leave them alone. Let them do their dang jobs and and no more of this waiting for the governors, especially if you have one that's weak uh, and there's plenty of them. I mean, you can start with Washington, Oregon, California, then you can go all the way to Illinois, whatever. Yes, if you see Antifa or BLM or any other such terrorist group doing what they did in the summer of 2020, it's like, hey, this needs to stop. This absolutely needs to stop. These people are animals. Demonized, probably demon-possessed, animals. You don't just pet them on the head and give them a milk bone. You don't give them a doggy treat. You smack, you, you stop them, you arrest them. If they have a problem, tough. Just tough. That's why I'm so glad that BLM and or Antifa and other such dingbats don't pull crap here in Florida. Because the word has been out for at least a couple of years. And Governor DeSantis led the charge. If you want to come and bring these riots and everything down to Florida, you do so at your own risk. Because all 67 county sheriffs in the state of Florida will be more than happy to arrest your sorry butts. You will not get bail, so don't look to Kamala Harris and the DNC to bail your sorry butts out. You will go before a judge, and in a very judicial sense, you are going to seriously get pimp slapped upside the head and thrown into jail because we don't put up with that stuff down here in Florida. Some people might, and they might like it in cities like Tampa or Miami-Dade or Orlando, but you ain't doing it, but you're, it's not going to happen. Because if the municipal police aren't going to do anything, the county sheriffs will. And I love that. That's why you don't see a lot of that down here in Florida. And I'm very grateful for that. I mean, it's not that we don't have crime, but we at least have a governor that has sense and believes in law and order. Wow, what a concept. Law and order. And that's a lot of what President Trump talked about today. Law and order, the economy, real issues. The border that has more holes in it than age Swiss, that needs to be dealt with. And we need to stop the invasion, not just of illegal immigrants, 
but the drugs, the weapons, uh, all kinds of things. The human trafficking, the sex trade that's being done, narco-terrorism. Oh my gosh. It, I mean, the list went on. And President Trump was fantastic on all of it. So much so, just merely his presence in D.C. drove the D.C. swamp creatures out of their ever-loving minds, or what's actually left of them. So, this is what they're scared of. And Merrick Garland over at the Department of Justice is, oh, he's open to prosecuting Trump. It's like, mm-mm, timing, my friends. We're almost at the end of July. We're in the last week of July. And in a little over three months, it's going to be midterm time. And yes, they are going to use whatever squirrels they have in their bag of tricks to get people distracted. Uh-uh. The, the American people are not as stupid as the Biden administration and his mental midgets think. They know what's going on. They absolutely know. They've been to the grocery store. They've been to their local gas station. They've seen their utility bills. And for housing, some of people aren't even able to pay rent to keep a roof over their head because of inflation, because of the price of everything going up. The market's not exactly the most helpful. Heck, even Walmart, the nation's largest retail chain, even lost money. They came under, they didn't meet their expectations of earnings. Didn't help the market. I mean, of course, they also did kick out uh, Mike Lindell of my pillow fame but uh, it's not to say I don't know if that's what caused the uh, loss of revenue for, for Walmart but hey it's okay uh, well I mean I don't know about okay but it might you know it kind of sucks to be you Walmart but you know you're you're the nation's largest retailer and you're gonna be fine I mean or at least hopefully you'll be fine but given the fact that so much of the stuff that you get is made in China, it's like, hmm, I'm not sure. And it's like, and, and Target's not much better either. So I might have to think of new ways to, to do more sh do shopping elsewhere. But, but that's what a lot of people are doing. They're having to change so much of their spending habits because gas prices are thoroughly obscene. Especially in Southern California, seven, eight, seven dollars, eight dollars a gallon, or more in some of the more rural places. Cost of food, and now, in many places around the country, school is coming up real fast, and now they're having to get school supplies for their kids, and they probably can't even afford that. You know, clothes, pencils, notebooks. I mean. Things like that, getting new backpacks, it's, it's sad. It's truly sad that we actually have to go through this. It, I, I really am. And, and it's sad, and I'm trying to find a way to see if I can, you know, do what I can to help. But yet, Trump's speech today was essentially laying down the gauntlet even with some of the establishment republican swamp creatures who attended the speech there were there were some 
Uh, but you also had people like Newt Gingrich. Uh, he was there. Uh, Kellyanne Conway. Others who worked in the Trump administration who were there and cheered him on. So, yeah, I mean, he took on even issues like homelessness in all these cities. The squalor. Uh, just everything that's involved with it. I mean, even in a small community like the one I live in in Florida, we have homelessness too. We have, a, we have problems with that. Even in rural places. Not just big cities. And yet, you know, how do you get this kind of a problem with homelessness and, and everything else? I mean, the, the county I live in also happens to have a jail. They have a prison. It's just, wow. That's, that's pretty wild. How can we deal with these things? And Trump took all of it on. And he laid the blame exactly where it belonged. Right at the feet of every single radical leftist, Democrat, progressive politician. From mayors, governors, all the way to members of Congress and the Senate. So yeah. And now he was back. He laid it out. He was straightforward. And <clears throat> he's just a little bit closer, I think, to announcing his 2024 run, which will drive every single whack job leftist completely off of their rockers. And I am looking forward to seeing how incredibly demonic and deranged their behavior becomes. I mean, it's delusional. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. It's like, I'm not. But to see how much these people are so willing to be so obsessed over one person and their personal destruction, their political destruction. It's not just politics anymore. They want them politically destroyed. They want them personally destroyed. They just want them gone and they're willing to do whatever under whatever circumstances. I mean, it's Machiavellian. The end justifies the means. And if that means violence, if it means threats, if it means whatever, they don't care. They want to destroy President Trump and they will do whatever they think in their demented, demonized minds will get the job done and they don't give one damn iota who they hurt they don't they don't care if they hurt kids if they hurt, hurt if parents whatever they don't care they don't care if they hurt minorities blacks hispanics asians you name it they don't care this is why these people are freaking dangerous and those who would coddle them and, oh, well, they're just, they just have problems. I said, oh, they got more than problems, honey. I mean, come on. Can, can you think of something a little bit more, uh, shall we say, uh, convincing? <laughs> because if you can't embrace the fact that these people are just evil, they've come into agreement with evil, and they have no problem doing evil so long as they get what they want. That's 
twisted, that's sick, that's real evil. And if you don't have the stones or the steel in your spine to call it out, and especially people in the church, sorry, I'm not like I'm not gonna give y'all a chance to just kind of eh, you know do your ostrich impression. If you cannot or will not confront evil when it's right in front of you, you've got a much bigger problem than you think, and you need to confront it. You just need to confront it. Period. And oh mercy, mercy, mercy. I mean, I know I'm I know I'm rough, but you know these are rough times. These are very rough times. And now with CPAC in Dallas coming up next week, which I will be in attendance and I'll be covering it on all the social on all of our social media platforms. I'll be doing uh, live podcasts. Uh, or at least recording them live from CPAC daily updates the whole bit but some of y'all if you cannot especially to my Christian friends if you don't have what it takes to confront evil when it shows up at your doorstep you sit this one out because frankly I, I don't have the patience I don't have the tolerance I'm not going to be very gracious about it because where we are in a spiritual war it's not just about republican versus democrat blue versus red left versus right it is good versus evil and if you cannot grasp that very real very simple concept that we are in that kind of a war right now that kind of a battle then just sit this one out okay just just sit it out because those of us who understand this not just on a political level as not me as a commentator not me as an analyst but as someone who's trying to follow Jesus we are in a spiritual battle we cannot ignore that aspect we can't do it Church of the United States in 2022 because if we do we do so as a major league disservice and at our own peril period for the Patriots for the MAGA folks for Trump supporters for anyone who loves the country yeah stay sharp because the price of freedom is still eternal vigilance and these people are already right now getting ready for the midterms and if they can cheat if the Democrats can cheat and, can, and if the swamp creatures of the Republicans can take out these America First MAGA candidates, that will make their day. But MAGA will not go down without a fight. They will not go softly into that good night. They will rage. They will fight. They will stand up for all of their freedoms. That's why I love being the baby-faced assassin of freedom. I fight for parental rights. I fight for freedom of speech. I fight for religious expression. I fight for the Second Amendment and all the other amendments. It's not fun. It's not easy. And it can be very tiring. But is it worth it? You better believe it because I've got family who are going to grow up right behind me when I'm gone and I want them to have 
a lot of the same opportunities that I did to be successful. Not because they're black or anything like that. To not get success because you carried a professional victim card. No, I want them to see succeed by hard work, doing well in school, being good moral people, and making an honest day's wage. And let their God-given talents take them as far as they want to go. Now, if that's a really weirded out and concept for most of you, well, sorry, not sorry, but I'm going to be that way until pretty much the day I leave this, leave this earth. But President Trump's speech was absolutely spot on and addressed real issues, issues here in America. And I can't wait to hear him down at CPAC next week. The man is going to, I mean, the man's an animal. I mean, he was just in Prescott Valley, Arizona for a rally last Friday. He did the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit down in Tampa on Saturday. And now here it is Tuesday, going back to D.C., giving a phenomenal policy speech in the heart of the swamp. I gotta love that. This is not Joe Biden. This is the Energizer Bunny. You know, apparently poor Joe just can't string two decent sentences together. And this is why it's... I have a feeling Trump is going to announce his run before the midterms. Well, he, and of course, that's going to drive the mainstream legacy media off their rockers, and then they're going to go into full attack mode. Full attack mode. I mean, if you think what's going on with the January 6th kangaroo court was bad, no. When Trump officially announces, this thing is going to go into overdrive. I mean, warp factor 9 type of overdrive. And they're going to do everything. I mean, everything. They will lie, cheat, steal, and they will get plenty of establishment Republicans to jump in right along with them. So, this is going to be interesting to see. So, I'm just waiting for the announcement. It might be at CPAC. Who knows? I have no idea. Nobody knows. So, this is going to be fun to watch. And yet, the real fun has yet to start. But, here's one other story that, before I end up, before I end today, this is going to be, this is kind of funny to me. Now, Redfin.com is a real estate website, and they just had the most intriguing article. According to Redfin, the top 10 cities that people are leaving to find much better, uh, <laughs> shall we say, much better opportunities, much better cost of living, so on and so forth, and I looked at their list, and I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be really interesting to read this. So I looked at it. Now, the 10 top cities that people are trying to ditch like a bad habit are, at the, at the top, San Francisco. Not a surprise. Number two is Los Angeles. 
Again, not a surprise. Number three, New York City. Huh, definitely not a surprise. Number four is Washington, D.C. Man, hmm, I wonder why. Hmm, it's such a nice place. Pfft, not. It's so crime-ridden and it's not even funny. Number five on the list is Seattle, Washington, a place I know well. I lived there for about eight years. It's a cesspool. And down the I-5 corridor, Portland, Oregon, same thing, but apparently the left seems to think that, oh, it's like some sort of progressive uh, Marxist paradise. But Port I'm surprised Portland didn't make the list, but that's okay. They might get on there one day. Uh, Boston, number six. Detroit, number seven. Number eight, Denver. Number nine, Chicago. I'm surprised it was actually that low. And Minneapolis was number ten. So, what do all ten of these places have in common? They're run by Democrats, Blue City Bears, and, and many of them Blue City Governors. And, well, blue state governors, and yeah, it's a mess, especially right now um, with, uh, especially with the crime, especially rampant crime in places like Chicago and so forth, but still, yeah. But now, on the flip side, where are these people moving to? What 10 places have the greatest influx of people trying to escape. You know, there were, of course, the California cities, you know, LA, San Francisco, New York, Seattle, DC, yeah, I mean, that's not a problem. You know, that's not a surprise. But interesting, some of the places that they're moving to is pretty amazing. I mean, some of it is not a surprise. Like, number one, the number one city people are moving to, Miami. Now, Florida has been the beacon of freedom, and it has been for the last few years, especially under the leadership of Governor DeSantis. But unfortunately, Florida is starting to pay the price for its popularity, especially South Florida, and I'm sad to say, because it's, the rents are really obscene because so many people are moving to South Florida. I mean, Florida is a pretty big place, but the problem is, when South Florida gets all filled up and everything, people are going, there's only one way they can move, and that's north. Now, that's going to include cities like Orlando, and the number two city on the list, which is Tampa. Nice part of the uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, I've seen it. It's a real nice place. Now, number three on, the, on there is Phoenix. Not a surprise there. Arizona is just, in many respects, like Florida. It has a large senior population. People like to retire there. Now, the weather in the summer is unbearable, practically, but they still go. That's why the HVAC business in Arizona booms. And, is, and you could do quite well, I think. That and the pool business. But number four on the list was a surprise to me. The place that people are going to, Sacramento, the capital of California. Now I'm thinking, California's goofiness 
I don't know why people would go to the center of California's stupidity and goofiness in the capital. I, I don't know. That, that one's a bit of a head-scratcher for me, but, but that's where they're heading. Number five on the list is Las Vegas. Okay, that doesn't, that's not really a surprise to me. I mean, Nevada, in many respects, is California East. They're not just hitting Vegas, they're also hitting Northern Nevada in Reno and that area. I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, I moved from there and it was crazy. Now, rounding out the rest, number six, Cape Coral, Florida. I believe that is on the Atlantic side of the state. Number seven, San Diego. Another California city, which is a nice place, but why would you stay in that part of California when all the dumb California stuff affects them too? Now, there's another place in Florida. So we've got one, two, three, four cities, four of the top 10 cities in Florida. Now, number eight is Northport, Florida. Not exactly sure where that is. I'm not 100% familiar with the geography on that one. And number nine and number 10 are both Texas cities. Number nine, San Antonio, the Alamo City. And number 10, the big D, Dallas. And where I'm heading next week. So yeah, that's pretty interesting to see some of this. Uh, Texas, Florida, all these places uh, that people are moving to. But the problem is, you know, even with these cities, and, you know, and I've been to uh, a few of them, been to Vegas, uh, been through San Antonio, uh, been to Tampa, haven't gone to Miami yet, but it's interesting to see what's going to happen, you know, when these folks are heading there, and they're going to have this great influx, and all of this, and I'm just thinking to myself, whoa, 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 slow up. This is pretty crazy, but who knows? And, and yet, here's Gruesome Newsome, the hypocritical piece of elitist crap from California, who has all of these people giving him all this money because I, I guarantee you folks, mark my words, Gavin Newsome wants to be the President of the United States. Biden will be old and feeble. He doesn't really care about Kamala Harris, even though she's a Californian herself. He wants to run in 2024, and he's picking fights with practically every red state governor, at least the two biggest, Greg Abbott in Texas and Ron DeSantis here in Florida. I don't know what's so funny, you know, why he thinks he can go against the most popular governor in the entire country who happens to be my governor and yes I will be that will be one more vote for Ron DeSantis yay happy but this is ugh, this is gonna be funny to see what's gonna happen with Gruesome Newsome who doesn't allow who won't allow people to go to Montana on state business but he'll go to Montana himself I'm going does he realize how much of a re of a hypocrite he really is? I mean, this is like the French laundry incident that he had in 2020. And the scary part is, on that Thanksgiving, I, I went to spend that weekend with one of my best friends, and I passed by 
the French Laundry. <laughs> the French Laundry, where he didn't, where he, there were no masks, there was no social distancing, nothing. And the pictures came out, and once again, Gavin Newsom, hypocrite extraordinaire. But he's just like, oh, and of course, yes, the other famous incident where he went to the NFC Championship game down in Los Angeles where the Rams were playing the 49ers and he's there with Magic Johnson yucking it up and yet no mask, no nothing and it's the classic rules for thee but not for me. So I don't think America is quite ready to turn the United States into California but hey you know maybe one day but not today that is for sure so folks thank you again for listening I think we'll call it a day God bless everybody have yourself a terrific evening I will see you guys tomorrow and until then as always Patriots come in all colors